Hey, friendo. It's time for another episode of the Shared Interest Podcast. Today, I do something that I really was reluctant to do, and that's have a week one NFL preview podcast. But my good friend Anthony talked me into doing it, and it turned out that he was right. And not because we had some amazing conversation about week one of the NFL. Instead, we just talked a bunch of shit, and then you-know-who stopped by to discuss the Deep Dish Pizza episode. It's not a typical week one preview podcast. It's just a great week one preview podcast. Or at least I think it's great. Hopefully you'll have as much fun hearing it as we had recording it. So let's not fuck around. Let's hit the lights on this week's Shared Interest Podcast. Joining me now on the hotline is my good friend, Anthony. Anthony, how are you today? Good, brother. How you been? Really good. I was a little bit reluctant to do another podcast on football, whether it be gambling or fantasy. I just feel like there's so many other outlets that are already covering this that, that really do it pretty well. I'm a fan of uh, of some of those podcasts, and I'm not really trying to jump into that industry. It's something that I'm more of an enthusiast for. But you were able to coax at least one final football podcast out of me. Where would you like to begin with your football talk coming into week one? Super fucking excited. I, that's about it. Dude. I just can't wait. Just did a couple fantasy drafts, and I don't know if my team's good or not, but I don't care. The best part about right now, before week one, is everybody's fantasy take is 100% correct. No matter who it is that you put your chips on, you are right. Nobody's wrong yet. It's the best time of year because... Yeah, no, you're right. It's just like, uh, you know, just like before the season starts for the regular teams. Like, uh, oh, we're going to go to the Super Bowl this year. You know, every year the, the Raiders and the Cowboys are going to play in the Super Bowl. <laughs> and yeah, they don't really, but you know, you know what I mean. So Definitely. A lot of optimism out there. All right, well, that gives me an idea to steer the conversation to... I don't even know if I signed up for a survivor pool this year where you you have the 32 NFL teams and then each week you pick one who's going to win, but you can't pick the same team twice in a season. Um, it always right. feels like there's a, a clear-cut favorite that everybody piles on in week one, and then that team generally loses and 75% of the, the survivor pool dies <laughs> in the first week. But this year, I'm not sure there is that that runaway favorite. Maybe the Seahawks at home against the Dolphins. Who I'm taking, I'll tell you right now, is I'm definitely taking Houston to to wallop the Bears, even though that's a road game. And wait a minute, I'm a fucking fool. If the game is in Houston, scratch that. I th- I'll probably be too lazy to go back and edit this. So there, hey world, there's my mistake. I don't know where the Texans are playing on Sunday. Yeah, I haven't even looked at this guy. I don't know the Broncos are playing the Panthers on Thursday. Wait a minute, you you goddamn chuckle fuck. You conned me into doing another football podcast, and you haven't even looked at the goddamn schedule. Well, well, as far as Survivor goes, here's what I hear. See, I try to pick, like, the, the first couple of weeks, I just pick three worst teams, that I think. So, the three worst teams are what? The, uh, the, the Browns. Browns, clearly, <laughs> even though I'm still holding my prediction that they're going to go 8-8. Eight and eight. But the Browns should probably lose, doesn't matter who they're playing. They're playing the Eagles, but that's the problem, because the Eagles just completed that trade where they sent Sam Bradford to the Vikings. The entire front office of the Vikings apparently got kicked by a horse, and they just lost their minds and started trading first round picks for Sam Bradford. Yeah, no, you're right. And now Carson, yeah, what, what's his name? Carson Wentz? 
Uh, Hello, Carson. Let's yeah. go to your room. Hey, but I'm going to pause right there. I would much rather talk about Javier Bardem. Is that how you say it? Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem's character in No Country for Old Men is one of my favorite things ever. Uh, Woody Harrelson plays Carson when Javier Bardem, who is Anton Chigurh, catches him at the hotel. Both guys know what's going to happen. Woody Harrelson's character is not going to be in the movie much longer. He's going to be bleeding out in that hotel room. Javier Bardem goes, hello, Carson. Let's go to your room. In other words, hey, buddy, you're about to fucking die. Great character movie. (laughs) So we've covered that the Browns are a shitty team. You're in our wild, random conversation preview week one show. Who else you got is shitty? Oh, I don't know. Um, I think the listeners are going to need a little bit more than I don't know. I know. I, I feel you. Um, San Diego, I don't think they're one of the worst teams. They're, they got a pretty good offense, I guess. Their defense a little suspect, in my opinion. So they go to the Chiefs, and this is a very interesting thing. I've been reading a little bit this morning. For those of you who are listening now, I have no idea when I'll post this, but it is Monday, I don't know, sometime in the morning on Monday, and... The Chiefs have pretty much just admitted that Jamal Charles isn't likely to play. So the Chargers go to the Chiefs. The Chiefs don't have Jamal Charles. Is that a story? No, they still got Ware and the other backup uh, running back there. Go ahead, say it. His last name is West. What's his first name? I dare you. Say it. Uh, Chicondry or some shit like that. Chicondry. Yeah. Chicano. Yeah. Uh, I doubt that it's Chicano. And now the social justice warriors are going to start saying that our podcast is racist. <laughs> Thanks very much, jackass. You don't know the schedule. You're mutilating guy's name and turning it into a racial slur. Let's move on quickly. Uh, well, who's your third terrible team? Oh, I don't know. I think the Ravens could be mightily bad this year. Yeah, that talk about the worst game of the week. The Buffalo Bills go to the Baltimore Ravens. That's going to be a 10 a.m. start here on the West Coast. If you live on the East Coast, you definitely need to get a fucking U-Haul and move West, but that's a 1 p.m. kickoff there. I can't wait to watch Buffalo implode. This has got all the makings of just a terrible, terrible team. (laughs) It really does. Everyone who thinks that Tyrod Taylor is moving into the Randall Cunningham era of just amazing talent... Dude, are you guys rolling on Molly or what? This guy's not that good. (laughs) And yes, Sammy Watkins had a couple of nice weeks to end the season, but mistaking him for a number one receiver seems like a huge mistake. They're fat, dope-smoking running back. First he got suspended, then he got cut. So you've got all your eggs in the shady McCoy basket. That doesn't seem like a good Easter. That doesn't seem very good at all. And their defense is littered with injuries. Rex Ryan is pretty much out of time there. He'll be coaching for his job. On the other side of the ball, I'm not sure the Ravens separate themselves. We can make all the Joe Flacco elite jokes. Their backfield is a complete fucking mess, too. They've got the other West. What's his name? It's a little easier this time. Yeah. Terrence. Uh, Yeah, Terrence West. But dude, did you see did you see the whole crazy thing? So we did our big our big fantasy draft yesterday for my the one that I do with my family. And um, in the middle of the draft, the Ravens cut Forsett. <laughs> that is straight cut him. Yes, I, did. Right? I, I, and, I was a cursory awareness of that. Right, right. So, and somebody drafted him like right around then. So absolutely hilarious. And then I'm going to find out they just cut him for, for cap reasons. They actually re-signed him about 30 minutes ago. Yeah. So who knows what the hell is going on there. I, mean, I don't know. Well, I'm not asking everyone in your family fantasy league to be a, a capologist. It's, it has a money benefit for the Baltimore Ravens. 
because I mean, having an NFL team isn't yeah. a license to print cash. You don't get the public to pay all of your expenses by building stadiums and then giving you all of the naming rights and all of the concessions and parking. So I can understand why they'd want to cut corners. I mean, let's face it. They're one step away from having to hobo it on the corner. If there's anyone who needs a break financially, it's the NFL owners. I mean, come on. Let's help these guys out already. <laughs> right, right. NFL owners' lives matter. Is that Yes, NFL, NFL owners' lives matter. And I think Dean Spanos is at the front of the list. And if you're not deep into ownership and you don't know that Dean Spanos owns the Chargers and the Chargers are trying to shake down San Diego to build him a stadium, I have two words for Dean Spanos. They are, fuck you. <laughs> oh, this is wonderful. So joining the podcast now to lodge her complaint about the way I treated her pizza this morning, it is... <laughs> My wife. That microphone's not on. You're going to want to come over here. So here, good. why don't you lay it out? I have no pizza. That is factually inaccurate. That is a factually inaccurate statement. I have a gooey, goppy mess. All right, let me set the table here for you, Anthony, and yeah, whoever's listening. I'd be okay. happy to hear this story. So last night, my wife brought home from the event that she was at a leftover... It was a family event of which... Tomas did not partake. I had some other stuff planned. I, I mean, I don't treat these family events as mandatory. No. He was being a weasel. <laughs> or I was being a weasel. I so think... I drove over an hour each way. Anyway, this is this is completely not related to the pizza part of the story. Or it's barely related. It is. Okay. So she ends up bringing home three pieces of deep dish pizza. And they're in the fridge this morning. So I get up. They were in a pizza box. Two of them joined together. One offset with foil. I mean, yeah, maybe someone else would have said, oh, hey, look, there's obviously a degree of separation here. As further background, my wife is a vegan, vegetarian. The fuck are you? Pescatarian? Presbyterian. I don't know. It's got something to do with religion and fish. I, I can't be bothered to sort it all out, but she doesn't eat meat. <laughs> and part of the pizza's got chicken on it and the other part doesn't. So I wasn't really being super observant. I mean, I did kind of noticed that one of the pieces was offset. So I did what I do with deep dish pizza. I was going to eat it cold. I know that some people fire up the oven and reheat it. I don't like my food hot. I don't like my coffee hot either. As a matter of fact, I had an iced coffee and a cold piece of pizza and I just started... You desiccated my pizza after I drove over two hours round trip to get this pizza. I had no pizza. I had a gooey coffee mess because like most normal people... I heat it up, and all it does is ooze out because there's no crust. Okay, well, and that's really the, the be-all, end-all of the thing, is I started at the back of the slice, and I just kind of forked the so crust why off. Why am I even trying to be a good wife? Well, you're a great wife. Great wife. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I fork off the edge of the crust, right? I just peel the thing off. It's almost like a giant breadstick. So I get halfway through the crust, and it dawns on me. Oh, fuck, man. I think this piece was set aside because it doesn't have chicken in it the way the rest of it does. Halfway into eating the crust, I'm like, oh, shit, this is probably a bad scene. So I kind of pushed the other half of the crust back onto the slice. Some fool ate my one piece of pizza for some fool who, gosh darn, eats my one piece of pizza. I don't know what kind of accent you're doing right there, Chef Boyartard. <laughs> I hope it stops. 
Anyway, so I kind of pushed it back. So the ultimate, re- the end result is the the bulk of the slice, the good stuff, the cheese, the sauce, and then whatever vegetarian thing she put in there. Like that's fully intact. The back end of the crust is partially removed and half eaten. Not intact. So apparently, I turned the deep dish pizza into a gooey goppy mess, and it is it has been outrage around the homestead here ever since. <laughs> Ah, that's fucking hilarious. That's that's what happened, man. That's exactly how it went down. I, I'm sticking to my defense that it was an honest mistake, and I felt like I should have been congratulated for having the awareness at that point in the morning. And it's, I mean, we're super early risers, so I can't pretend like I was groggy or anything. I wasn't hungover. I just went to the fridge, saw the pizza, instinctively started to eat it the way I would eat it, peel the crust off. And then I was like, oh, you know what? This is probably a mistake. But instead of commending my awareness and thoughtfulness, it has been a berate Tommy show for at least 10, 15 minutes now. Oh, she's back now. She's back to just yell pizza into the microphone. Pizza. So we're going to talk about football now. Pizza. Do you have any thoughts on football for this coming weekend, dear? Apparently somebody stole my team and, you know, accepted some invitation on my behalf. Oh, so you were just talking about um, your family fantasy draft? I didn't steal your... My husband, he knows that I'm getting a massage and then a facial. What makes you think I'm going to stop and pick up my phone when I'm not even near it because I'm on the massage table. The complaint is I wasn't willing to interrupt my massage and facial combo. No, 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 no. Not that I was unwilling to. There was no prior notification of, and you expect me to answer your text in the middle of my massage. So I love my brother dearly, but he is not someone who's a giant planner. I'm not either, so I'm super comfortable rolling with it. You, Tony, you have known Junior and I for most of our adult lives. And would you say that Junior is an A-plus planner or an F planner? I mean, if I choose A-plus or F, I'm going to go with F. Yeah, me too. I'm going to go with F as well. I mean, I took all the nuance out because I want to be a binary thinker because nothing makes me happier than it's either all the way on or all the way off. There can never be a nuance. All or nothing. Exactly. (laughs) So I got the notice late and I forwarded it to her right away. I mean, literally, I had like 45 minutes notice. I figured it would be a long shot that my wife would get the message. So I just built a proxy thing. I, um, I'm such a spaz for Yahoo Fantasy Sports that two years ago, I ran over the limit of teams that you can have, which I think is six or eight. It's something spastic. So, and then I got an invite to join a really amazing league that I wasn't expecting. You know, It was an unanticipated late invite. And I was like, I'm just going to build another login. So I used that, you know, dummy login to build a proxy team for my wife. And then we just let it auto draft and dumb fucking luck. She ends up with the first pick. And even though I think he's not going to have a wonderful season, she gets Antonio Brown. And yet here she is complaining. I don't think this is helping the stereotype that wives are indiscriminate complainers when they should be more appreciative. I'm gonna have to look into some Chris Brown style here around the house. See if I can get this thing back in line. (laughs) Well, anyway. So so her team was auto-drafted, and yeah. Yeah. she got Antonio Brown. What The rest of the team pretty good, I'm assuming? I, I don't know. I didn't pay attention to what her auto thing was doing. I, it was a straight-up family league. I mean, people were taking Tom Brady in the first round. It was it was ridiculous. So, nice. God, I'm so fortunate. On um, the final episode of the preview thing, I talked about my fantasy sports life a little bit and express the appreciation that I have to hang around with some industry guys and get to play in really competitive leagues so I can stay out of the 
I'm drafting all quarterbacks. And it was uh, because we are <laughs> crazy Patriots honked. Someone took uh, Steven Goskowski in like the third round. It was just asinine stuff like that. So no, I wasn't taking it very serious and I wasn't paying super close attention. The train careened off the tracks back when we were talking about the uh, the number three or top three, not dynasty, what do you call them? Uh, survivor yeah, or, pool. Like Survivor. Yeah, so dude, how I look at it in the first couple of weeks, and it's hard to tell who the worst three teams are and who the best three teams are, right? But if you can't figure out the worst three, like if the matchups aren't great, blah, blah, blah. Then you look at the best three teams. Like I think Arizona is one of the better teams, but they're playing New England the first week, so... Yeah, you got, you got to stay away from that on either side of it, I think. I do, except let's pivot to gambling. The Patriots are laying six, and the Patriots have a very, very good defense. I think it's going to be underrated for most of the season because, for whatever reason, when you go 16-0 and and set all types of offensive records, that seems to stick as far as the stereotype around the team, and I think people are, are missing how really exceptional this Patriots defense could be. So I, I don't think... The Patriots giving six points anywhere, any week, even with Garoppolo, is a very good idea from a gambling perspective. I would be shocked if the Cardinals can cover that number. Wait, so the car- the Cardinals are favored by six? Is that what you're saying? That's correct. Cardinals are minus six at home. I thought you said at first that the Patriots were laying six. So I just want to. Oh, I might have misspoke. Sure. Fucking, you got to understand. I've I've had this this crazy little person yapping in my ear about pizza all morning, so I'm, I might have misspoke. Yeah, that game's tough, dude. And then uh, another potential best team in the league is Carolina, and they're playing the Broncos in Week One. So that's the Thursday night tilt. That's a tough. That's a tough game. It's in Denver. Denver has no offense, but they have what should be a decent defense. Obviously, I think the problem for the Broncos is it doesn't line up for them. The Panthers are going to be a team that you can pass on. I know that there's high expectations for their rookie corners, but that secondary is a mess. But unfortunately, that doesn't line up with what the Broncos are probably going to be best at. So the Panthers front seven against the Broncos rushing offense, that's very interesting to me. If the Broncos have any type of competent play at quarterback, they should be able to throw all day against that Panthers secondary. I would love to have Demarius Thomas in a DFS, I think. When you turn over three-fourths of your common secondary and you're pulling your nickel corner off the street, Not a good look, man. Not a good mix. We'll see if the Broncos can expose them. Papa John's Pizza. That's the kind of pizza I want to serve to my family. How about you? Yeah, I play in a a Survivor League. You can lose in the first five weeks, but you can never repick the same team. Okay? What kind of fucko Survivor League is that? You lose, you're out, son. No, it's actually really cool. So you can lose in the first five weeks. Don't sound really cool to me. (laughs) Check it out. It's $20 initial entry fee. And then every time you lose and you want to rebuy back in, it's another 20 bucks. So we got about 90 people to do this thing. And every year, it's last year it was the biggest. It was like 7,200 total. And it's winner take all. That rebuy is scabby shit. But so you, there's a, the, when you get the rebuy thing, you get a little strategy. You just take the, whoever you think the five weird teams are, you take them to win for five straight weeks. You know what I mean? No, I don't. That sounds like an awful strategy. It sounds like an awful setting, and I want you to never talk about this to me again. Listen, listen. The worst four or five teams, let's say, are, are off your board. You can never retake them again. Not, 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 you, not that you ever would. And now you get another 11 weeks, 12 weeks, to take a true matchup with somebody who's actually going to win. You know? I'll defer to your wisdom on that, if that's the way you're going. <laughs> so, 
One more thing I want to hit on before we, we get out of here today is my favorite game of the week, which is also a 10 a.m. on Sunday. It's the Green Bay Packers going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Do we have an official ruling on Jaguars, Jaguars, Jags? However, I, I don't even know how to pronounce the fucking team name. I, I always say Jags because I feel weird like you saying Jaguar or Jaguar. Or, yeah, let's go with the Jags. Okay. So Jags are plus four and a half at home, and the over-under is set at 48. I can't wait to see. I think the Packers are completely overrated. I think the Jags are completely underrated. And I'm so looking forward to Bortles and Robinson and Hearns and Ivory and Yeldon and what this offense is going to be capable of doing. I was giddy. I got to pinch myself. Yeah. They're t- that, dude, offensively, we talked about it last time we talked, I believe. Offensively, man, they're – I mean, you're hard-pressed to find a better offense, in my opinion. Like, that running game should be completely legit this year with Hearns and Robinson, like two of the better wide receivers in the league probably. And Bortles, I had him last year in fantasy, so I really paid attention to his numbers and watched all of his games. And he's, he's good. Yeah, I went on a super long diatribe in my fantasy wrap-up podcast about how I feel that people have missed the boat on Bortles. So I'm not real anxious to reset any of that. If anyone cares to hear me <laughs> talk up Blake Bortles, you can go find that episode of the podcast. But... <laughs> I think sometimes with the amount of fantasy that I play and the amount of gambling that I do, sometimes I lose sight of just how much fun the matchups can be. And this one just jumps off the page at me. Obviously, the cards and Patriots is, you know, that's way close to home and I'm looking forward to that. But as far as just a a really an intriguing opening round or opening round, a super intriguing opening week game i don't think it gets better than that i'm not sure what setup you're going with this year i will probably dedicate myself to watching mostly that game and i'll pick up the other games on dvr later or on the nfl app let me ask this in closing are you a red zone channel watcher oh yeah let me explain how we got to set up here kind of like how we did back in the day if you recall i do um we got we had a big six inch tv that we put the red zone on as our main tv and then our second TV will be, I live with my brother, so he's a huge Cowboys fan. So if the Cowboys are playing early, that game will be on the Cowboys or any other good matchup that we might want. But basically, dude, to me, it's all about red zone. Red zone is the ultimate. I know, and I'm not trying to be a contrarian. Sometimes people get into, you know, I got to go oppo. That's really not my style. The way that we used to do it is the way I still do it today. I'll get the red zone for free the first week, I think. But I never pay the extra for it. I never use it. I can't stand it. I have the remote in front of me. I have dual screens. I have two feeds on each TV. I can move around to watch the games that interest me. I don't need Andrew Siciliano or Chris Hansen, whoever the guy is. I know there's two different versions of Red Zone with different hosts. But the way that we do it is one person gets the remote at the beginning of 10 a.m. games. And if they fuck up and you catch even a split second of a commercial, they're out. And then the remote moves along. As long as you keep the games dialed in and you're the essentially a customized red zone, then you get to keep the remote for as long as you can maintain it. I don't know. I don't like the red zone. I prefer to do it myself. I think I'm a little bit more of an analog manual type of thing. No, and I I hear you on that. But, I mean, if you think back to, like, how crazy we were with the remotes back in the day, like we were just our own red zone channel. Yeah. We, we had two or three TVs going at a time. You know, commercial, flip to the next game. Commercial, flip to the next game. And we got really good at it. Now, 
I just get it on the couch and not have to worry about it because I can just watch Red Zone do it. I feel like I'm I'm more involved in the games when I'm doing that though because you know you have a clock in your head. <laughs> you really do. You have a clock in your head. You you have an approximate time between plays. So let's say that I've got the Vikings and Titans because I'm super interested in watching Derrick Henry and Marcus Mariota. You know when they run the ball and then they go back to huddle up. I can pivot over to the Buccaneers Falcons real quick. As long as you're finding games where the plays are actually offset, you can watch two, three games and, and bump around, and you don't have to wait for them to be inside the 20, because sometimes, believe it or not, great plays happen between the 20s as well. So I like to get a feel for the game. I like to get a feel for you know how the offenses line up, what their play selection is on first down, etc. And you... I just I find that I don't get that from the red zone. It's just, you know, here's somebody throwing the ball in the end zone. Here's somebody running the ball in the end zone. Here's somebody that I'm going to take you to double screen now. And it's just like, oh, killing me. And that's why I never leave the house on Sunday anymore. Because every time I go to somebody else's place, they're like, bro, this is the greatest thing ever. I got the red zone. And it's like, well, I'm a guest in your house. So now I'm going to placate you and talk up how wonderful the red zone is when it's really making me fucking miserable. No, you're right. You definitely miss some stuff on the red zone. For sure. You do. But that's what we kind of use the second TV for, I guess. Kind of do it like you do. You know what I mean? We watch a game, but if it sucks, we'll just try flipping around see what's going on. Uh, that's, that's not a bad podcast for somebody who desperately wanted to get together to talk about football, yet hadn't even looked at the schedule. So. <laughs> right? I just want to talk. I just want to talk, dude. I just want to talk about football, even though I didn't know what I was talking about. I like the way you rallied. <laughs> I'm super stoked for the season to start. I still got faith in my Broncos are going to do something magical this year. We'll see. Magical meaning winning eight games. We'll see if that happens. Yeah, I'm just super excited. College football started. And like, life is fucking good. It is a wonderful life, and that's a great way to end it. Love you so much, man. I right, love you, bro.